This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. My daughter, Elizabeth, told me about her grandson, Bryson. He got a hold of a stick or something. He did like this, he said, Popo. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> at least he remembers me. Grace on trial is our sermon subject for today. Acts chapter 15 verses 1 through 12 our text is the record of the first debate in a church as you might expect the issue was over grace specifically it had to do with the basis of Gentile salvation. It's hard to believe that a Gentile could be saved just by believing. In fact, <laughs> some say, well, they not left, they, they ought also uh, get baptized they just believe they had they, they something they need to do when Paul and Barnabas uh, returned and reported to the Jews that is here the church at Antioch in Acts chapter 14 and verse number 27 that God had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. The news was big. And it created no small stir. Gentiles being saved. You see, the gospel was first given to the Jews. They had it first. 
And it was actually their responsibility in spreading it out to, to others. <clears throat> and suddenly there was the need of, to clarify how a non-Jew could become a Christian. My first point is Gentile salvation. This is the issue. Gentile salvation. How is it that Gentiles can be saved? Uh, for a Jew, in those days, I'd raise your eyebrows. Gentiles being saved by faith? Surely there's something else they need to be doing. In those first years of the gospel, <clears throat> virtually all Jews, and in the beginning they had no idea about the magnitude of the command that Christ gave in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, which reads, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, the Jews definitely felt as though they had something which no one else had, and they did. And when they found Christ as Messiah, these feelings didn't change at all. Oh man, they, they really felt like they had something no one else had. God first dealt with Peter in a vision in Acts chapter 10, verses 10 through 16, in which he declared all foods to be holy and clean. Then God put Peter in a situation in which he had to deal with a Gentile face to face. Later in chapter 13 and 14, Paul and Barnabas made the first missionary journey to predominantly Gentile regions. And as a result, large numbers of Gentiles were converted. And suddenly, the church of Jerusalem was faced with a real issue. What were the conditions by which 
the Gentiles should be accepted into a church of Jesus Christ. Exactly what it is. Thank God they got that resolved. Amen. Now we look in verses 1 and 2. We find that there was internal dissension. It's a dissension that led to a struggle as reported by Luke in Acts chapter 1, verse number 1, Acts chapter 15 rather, and verse 1. Acts 15 and verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. Now this issue created a real disagreement in the church at Antioch. Many in the church were still attached to the law of Moses though they had been already freed from that law through Christ's death on the cross of Calvary. They had been freed from it, but yet they were thinking that Gentiles should be in bondage to it. These men were sincere. They were not simply... Uh, attempting to cause trouble. They merely had difficulty in bringing their, uh, breaking rather, their traditional roots. They came out of Judaism and it was still in them though. And uh, they would have the Gentiles into that sort of thing. They were still attached to the law of Moses, though they were free from it. Now, there's a wise decision in verses 2 through 5. These early church people realized that this issue was not going to resolve itself but it needed to be discussed they need to talk about this so they looked to the church at Jerusalem for some help that's where they came from church at Jerusalem was the first church and so they looked to them for help the church of Jerusalem was responsible for the existence of these others such as the one here at Antioch and so the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas along with others to the church of Jerusalem to get some help here now my next point is is the investigation 
the Jerusalem Council made an investigation here in Acts chapter 15, verses 6 through 12. And this is very open group of believers who honestly sought answers to their questions. There were opposing opinions, but underneath it all, there was interest in coming to unity rather than pulling in opposite directions. Let's pull together. Let's come to agreement together. And verses 6 and 7, we have a statement of purpose. The Jerusalem Council met for a single purpose of determining, determining the basis of Gentile salvation. Uh, you and I, as Gentiles, we need to be interested in this. <clears throat> What's the basis for Gentile salvation? Some believed that they were free to have a relationship with Christ simply by accepting and trusting Him. Sounds good to me. Oh, yeah. But others thought that they should become somewhat Jewish by being circumcised and following the law of Moses. Well, as a Gentile, I don't go for that. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> now, the method of discussion in verse 7 it's much disputing this issue caused a lengthy debate it wasn't just a heated argument but there was give and take both sides each felt freedom to share and each willing to listen. They ought to be. Now, first of all, you got the testimony of Peter. In Acts chapter 15, verses 7 through 11, after much disputing or lengthy debate Peter stood and addressed the council his message had three basic divisions first he shared from his personal experience how God had chosen him to be a spokesman to the Gentiles. As a result 
of the Gentiles hearing and believing in verse 7 and the B part of the verse they had experienced the work of the Holy Spirit and the inner cleansing which came from God in verse number 8. Then secondly, he emphasized the human impossibility of keeping the law in verse number 10. He says, Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Why say they got to do that? We couldn't do it. Why say that they've got to do it? And then third, he declared that both the Jews and the Gentiles were saved only by the grace of God in verse number 11. He says here, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. The only way to be saved is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved. Questions asked by the Philippian jailer. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas, with one accord, gave answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So we have ever been saved. Uh, way anybody's ever been saved is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is an important step in breaking down the distinction between Jew and Gentile. We've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way to be saved. Jews were saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Gentiles come along. There's no need in putting a yoke of bondage on them. Gentiles are saved the same way by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. <clears throat> Today, we meet someone that's not saved. It doesn't matter who they are or where they're from. If they're not saved, they can be saved by trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where they come from. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Jesus Christ died for sinners. All men by nature are sinners. Amen. And Jesus Christ died for sinners. For a sinner to be saved, whoever he is, whatever nation he comes from, in order for him to be saved, he must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If we were to have someone to come here to this church 
and indicate the fact that they would like to become a member of this church. They come from another country. They come from another language. In order to be with us and to communicate with us, they've got to learn English because that's what we speak. We speak English. It's not just a matter of learning English, but it's a matter of trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what their background was, what, whatever religion that they came from, in order to be saved, they must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So a man comes to us and he indicates that he would like to become a member of this church. He said, I am Muslim. I'd like to become a member of this church. For me, first thing will come out of my mouth, Muslim or whatever. My question is, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yeah. Is Jesus Christ your Savior? In order to become a member of this church, you've got to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Yep. If you came to this church after I became pastor here, you no doubt walked down one of these aisles and indicated to me the fact that you wanted to be a member of the church. I can almost assure you, well, the first thing that's coming out of my mouth is a testimony from you. Are you a believer? Have you trusted Jesus Christ? As far as I'm concerned, you cannot become a member of this church without admitting the fact that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Correct. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you've got no business joining this church. Correct. Or any church of Jesus Christ. Oh, you thank God. Let me tell you something, folks, right now. You thank God that in His, in His divine providence, God brought you to a place of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, you thank God that he, in His divine providence He brought you to that place of trusting the Lord Jesus as your Savior. And then I want you to notice thirdly the experiences of Paul and Barnabas in Acts chapter 15 and verse number 12 <clears throat> it says here then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Paul, uh, to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. Those who heard Peter speak were challenged by his message. But though they may have had questions 
We kept silence and listened as Paul and Barnabas shared of their experience among the Gentiles on their recent journey. The audience was thinking <clears throat> and displayed tolerance to what these three men had been saying. <clears throat> you thank God for the experience of your salvation. The Lord saved me. I think most of you know I was sitting right over a third seat from the front. I tell you right now, to me, I look back at that and I think what I was sitting, I, I was sitting there with a friend of mine that I went to school with. His mother was there and she moved her son over to the other side of herself and left me sitting beside of her and then of course the end of the pew. But what that did, that caused me to pay attention to the man of God who preached the Word of God and the Spirit of God communicated the message to my heart bringing me as a maybe about a ten-year-old boy to repentance and faith. I remember maybe at the invitation, I walked down the aisle and I went over to the preacher and I told him that I was trusting Christ my Savior. I don't exactly what I said but nonetheless. But I thought to myself, some of these people they probably think that kid don't know what he's doing. There no doubt right. I didn't. The only one thing I did know was, even as a ten-year-old boy, I knew that I was trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior. I didn't understand much about the dog. Still don't. It's way younger, bigger than I am. But I'll tell you one thing. I am thankful to my God, the Spirit of God, open my heart to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. I thank God that I wanted others to know it. That I was trusting the Lord Jesus as my Savior. I was not at all ashamed of the fact that I got saved. In fact, that night when we went home, we lived in a two-story house I went upstairs. Mom and Dad already gone to bed. Went into their bedroom. And I walked in there and raised my hand. I said, Mom and Dad, the most wonderful thing happened to me tonight. I got saved. Oh, I thank God for that. I thank God for that. I thank God that what I told Mom and Dad that night had such an impression on them that the next Sunday our family started doing something we didn't ordinarily do. We went to church once in a while like 
Easter, Christmas, something like that maybe. But we were not a church-going people. But the next Sunday after I got saved, Mom and Daddy were in the College Heights Methodist Church in Johnson City, Tennessee. Not necessarily where I would have gone, but nonetheless, that's where we went. And uh, I was baptized by the Methodist preacher. Methodist preacher had me by the hand, lead me out into the water, the creek, whatever. And here I am, about 10 years old. He's a grown man. And he says to me, he said, if your daddy wasn't so stubborn, we could have done this at the church house. I'll be surprised if both of us don't get pneumonia. I'm 10 years old. I don't really know what he's talking about. He takes me out there and he immersed me in that water, which no doubt was cold, I'm sure. <clears throat> Later on, Mom and Dad, for some reason, evidently started going to a Baptist church. Wade, you knew my dad, you knew him well. And my dad came to me and said, Son, your mom and I want to join this church. We want you to come with us. But I had no problem with that. I had no problem with that. So, we left the Methodist church, <clears throat> went to a Baptist church, and um, <laughs> the Baptist church had a baptistry. We had to be rebaptized. Daddy told me, so we're going to have to be rebaptized. They won't accept us unless we get rebaptized. <clears throat> It's warm water. Made a difference. I thank God for my experience. What I experienced is really nothing different from what others have done. Uh, <clears throat> through the years, uh, we've had people who uh, had made a profession of faith, or whatever, and they got baptized. Uh, some other denomination. But then later on, they came around evidently to Park Ridge Baptist Church. That's where I was for so long. And then, or maybe here even. And uh, I want to become a member. Oh, first thing comes out of my mouth is, oh, are you saved? Are you saved? Are you saved? We get that straight. Then, uh, have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? That's important. Yes, okay, that's good. Where were you baptized? Where were you baptized? 
interested in Joshua Creek is that who did it? Who did it? What church did they represent? That makes a difference right there. Yeah. Makes a difference right there. The authority behind it. Now, through the years I have run across one or two maybe here and there. Kind of rebel to start with. But I've never had one. I've never lost one yet. I said, oh, forgive them. If I'm going to be rebaptized, I'm going to tell you something. If the Lord's leading them, they fall right in line. That's right. They fall right in line. <coughs> yeah. Yep. <coughs> In order to be a member of one of the Lord's churches, you've got to be saved. Yep. You've got to be saved. And then secondly, you've got to have scriptural baptism. Yep. What is scriptural baptism? Scriptural baptism... It's a baptism of a person who has been saved. Right. Scriptural baptism is a baptism of a person who has been baptized by the authority of one of the Lord's churches. Yeah. Yeah. A Baptist church. Somebody said, what would you be if you were not a Baptist? I guess I'd be ashamed. Yeah, amen. <laughs> I hope it would. Grace won the trial. All men, Jews and Gentiles alike, are sinners. We can only be saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You thank God that you have been saved by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You thank God that Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, brought you to the place of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. I thank my God that He chose to save me from my sins. Let's all stand if you will, please. Go to wagelessness. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that he is our only hope of salvation. Thank you that it's only through faith in what he has done that we have salvation. It's not in ourselves. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that he was willing to take our sins upon his own body on the tree. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you for such an awesome salvation. Thank you for watching over us day by day. Thank you for keeping us saved. And thank you that one day we will see you face to face. Be with us as we go from here now and bring us back at the next appointed time. And I pray that all that we do 
and say will bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his name. Amen. 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 <laughs>